Okay, praises be to our loving Father that we are again gathered again to study his words and his commands. Today in the BQA, we're going to talk about the Iglesia de Cristo. Before I go into this lesson, I just want to start out and point out I am a former member, former minister of the Iglesia de Cristo, the Church of Christ, and I have nothing personal against the Iglesia de Cristo. I have many family members, also friends and loved ones who belong to the Iglesia de Cristo. And so we have nothing negative to say about the people who are in the Iglesia Nicrisa. For the most part, what they preach and what they teach in their programs and the worship services are good because they promote love for God and for the Son of God and also for their fellow men. They do a lot of outreach programs, which is good. And so we applaud them uh, for doing that. However, it doesn't mean I agree completely with everything that they teach and because we are to test doctrines, we need to test a specific doctrine taught by the Iglesia de Cristo, which they use against us, against me, because they say we no longer have the right to worship, to serve, and to preach the word of God, because we're no longer connected with the Iglesia de Cristo. And one of the reasons why they're able to say this is because of Romans chapter 10 and the verses 15. So this is what we're going to explore what we're going to test in the spirit of love, not to condemn, but to know the truth about Romans chapter 10 and the verses 15. So basically, this is in a way a response to a criticism that was against us in the book, not in the book, but from this post by Brother Jose Ventilacion. He happens to be a minister of the Iglesia in Cristo and a Harvard fellow. He's a very smart individual. And I do admire him. I worked with him for quite a long time. And I have nothing but good things to say about his work ethic and his intelligence. And so what he has to say concerning us in Tagalog, which he posted, which I will translate in English. And this is what he says, answers to, to the wrong doctrines that is being taught by someone else. I'm not going to mention the name. And these are, that's referring to me, uh, in YouTube. Is it true that the worship and services to God being done by the expelled, which is us, because we were expelled from the Iglesia de Cristo, who went against the church administration still acceptable to God? We went against the church administration in a sense that we don't agree in everything he teaches and everything that he does. What is being done by these ex-ministers is blasphemy against God. We truly know, and they also know, that if one is not part of the true church, in this case, it's the Iglesia Ni Cristo, they do not have the right to preach and teach the words of God. Remember what the Bible says to those who have the right to preach the word, uh, to who, who have the right to preach the gospel are those who were sent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.20 and Romans chapter 10 and the verses 15. So according to Brother Jose Ventilacion, and also, according to the Iglesia de Cristo in general, we in the Assembly of Yahushua, first of all, we have no right to practice worship, to worship God and Yahushua. We have no right to preach the words of God because we're no longer affiliated with them who alone have the right to preach the word of God, according to Romans chapter 10 and the verses 15. So if that is true, then what are we doing here? Why are we worshiping at all, right? This is why we need to look into Romans 10, 15 and the allegations made against us. And so basically, Brother Jose Ventilacion is able to say this because Iglesia de Cristo believes 
that Brother Felix Manalo is the messenger of God in these last days, and he is the only one who can correctly teach the Bible. And because the Iglesia de Cristo is the only church who had a true messenger, and after the passing of Brother Felix Manalo, this or this uh, right to properly explain scripture was given over to the next executive minister, Brother Irani Manalo, which was given over to the next one, Brother Eduardo V. Manalo. And so because Iglesia de Cristo is the only one who has any connections with a so-called true messenger, it is the only church that can correctly teach the Bible. So if there are anything, any scriptural passages that we teach that did not come from the Iglesia de Cristo, it should not be accepted as true. Now, first of all, I want to say, I believe Brother Felix Manalo is a messenger of God, but he's not the messenger of God. The messenger of God, of course, is none other than our King Yahushua, because Yahushua is the messenger of God. He is the one who is inerrant or is impossible for him to make any kind of errors. He is perfect in every way, especially perfect in the teaching of the word of God. Now, as much as I admire and believe that Brother Felix Manalo is a messenger of God, it doesn't mean he is the only one who can teach the Holy Bible, because to say that would mean that only he has the right and privilege to preach the word of God during our time. So I don't believe that. We're going to demonstrate that uh, to you today. But these fundamental principles upheld by the Iglesia de Cristo is really founded upon the passage in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, which is what we're going to analyze today by asking the following questions and answering them. Number one, why does INC use Romans 10, 15? Is Romans 10, 15 teaching about who has the right to preach the word of God? And number three, what does Romans 10, 15 actually teach us to do? And so let's go ahead and answer question number one. Why does Iglesia de Cristo use Romans chapter 10, verse 15? Now, to, add, to begin answering this question, I'm going to refer to this blog post, the Iglesia de Cristo blog post.com. I don't know if this is an official website. It's probably not. However, when you look at the contents and me being a minister of the Iglesia de Cristo for a long time, this is pretty valid. The, what they put on here is relevant and valid because from as, as far as I know, the doctrines that they present concerning the Iglesia de Cristo on this website is what I have been taught inside the Iglesia de Cristo. So I'm going to use uh, some of the articles that is mentioned and added here so that we can explore the meaning of Romans 10, 15 through the lens of Iglesia Nicrista. So according to this website, uh, there's a topic called about the messengers of God. We believe that God sent messengers to preach his words. We believe that to be true. Moses was a messenger. The apostles were messengers. Our King Yahushua is a messenger. We believe that. But let's keep reading. We believe that the Bible is the word of God. However, the Bible is not an open book. God has purposely hidden his words in mystery. Romans 16, verse 25. That's why those who strive to understand the scriptures through their own worldly knowledge will never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How, how then can man, how then man will 
be able to understand the truth written in the Bible through God's messengers according to the Bible. And then he quotes Malachi 2.7, it is the duty of priests to teach the true knowledge of God. People should go to them to learn my will because they are the messengers of the Lord or Yahuwah Almighty. So according to this article, uh, the Bible is a closed book. It's a book that cannot be understood even if you try your best to understand the Bible, if you are not a messenger, you will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth, according to 2 Timothy 3, 7. Because of this, the only way for you to know the will of God is to turn to uh, the priests of God, which are the messengers of God, according to Malachi chapter 2, verse 7. And because of this, because of these three verses, the conclusion is made, uh, people must go to those sent by God, the messengers of the Lord, to learn his will, according to Apostle Paul. How can they preach unless they are sent? Romans chapter 10 and the verses 15. So basically, according to this article, which is what is upheld by the English and Christo, as far as I know, okay, being a minister, an ex-minister of the Iglesia Christo. So according to INC, this is officially what they believe, because the Bible is a closed or sealed book only Brother Felix Y. Manalo, and now, of course, it's been passed on to the executive minister, can correctly explain the Bible because he is a messenger of God. Those who are not messengers of God will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So let's go ahead and look at the biblical passages that they use to set up the need for Romans 10 15, meaning. Uh, for them to be, able to be able to say and to necessitate that Romans 10, 15 means that for you to preach the word of God, you need to be sent by God. So let's look at the article again. Let's look at Romans 16, verse 25. We believe that the Bible is the word of God. However, the Bible is not an open book. God has purposely hidden his words in mystery according to Romans 16, verse 25. Question is, is that what it actually means? Is it true that the Bible is a closed or sealed book? Let's look at Romans 16, verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Yahushua Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. So the Bible mentions a mystery kept secret since the world began. And so this is what is used to conclude that the Bible is a closed book. If it's a closed book, it cannot be understood just by any person, even if they pray to God, even if they search diligently. However, is it true to conclude from Romans 16.25 that the Bible is a closed book? We cannot make that conclusion. Why? In Daniel chapter 12 and the verses 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. According to the prophet Daniel, something will happen when the end is near. What is that? The Bible or in this case, the book of Daniel, is no longer to be sealed. It's no longer to be closed. It's going to be open. In other words, it can be understood by people who will search diligently, but who will certainly be able to understand 
the meaning, the passage of scripture during the end times. In the book of Acts 2, 17 to 21, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will speak what God has revealed. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour my spirit on my servants, on both men and women. They will speak what God has revealed. I will work miracles in the sky and give signs on the earth. Blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will become as red as blood before the terrifying day of Yahuwah comes. Then whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. So who will be able to understand what is recorded in scripture in preparation for the great day of Yahuwah? Those who receive the spirit of God. You see, for a person to understand the meaning, the explanation, the content of the Holy Bible, which is not a closed book, but an open book, one must receive the spirit of God. Because when a person receives the spirit of Yahuwah, even if you are not a learned scholar, even if you are not a member of the Iglesia de Cristo, you are able to proclaim and speak what God has revealed. This is why what is important is receiving the spirit of Yahuwah. What further proves that the Bible is not a closed book? In the book of Revelation 1, verse 3, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Here our King Yahushua is speaking about the book of Revelation and he's saying blessed are those who read and who hear the words of this prophecy. So if the book of Revelation is a closed book, how then can one be blessed by reading it? Because the instruction is to read it, to hear it. But it's not enough just to hear it and to read it. Who will be blessed after reading the book of Revelation? Revelation 22, 7 and 10. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. And so who will surely benefit from the study of the book of Revelation and overall, when you study the whole Bible in context, those who keep the words of the prophecy of this book. But how can we keep or obey if the Bible is a closed book, if the book of Revelation is a closed book? Which is why our King Yahusha says, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. If it says do not seal, what does that mean? It is unsealed. It is an open book. We are able to understand the meaning of the book of Revelation. Otherwise, why would Yahusha say, blessed are those who read, who hear from it, and keep its message? And so this tells us that the Holy Bible is not kept secret in mystery. It's not. Then why did Apostle Paul say in Romans 16.25 that something is kept secret in mystery? Well, let's go ahead and look at that passage again. Romans 16.25. Now to him who is able to establish you 
according to my gospel and the preaching of Yahushua Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Well, there you go, Brother John. The Bible says there is this mystery that's kept secret since the world began. That's true. There is this mystery that was kept secret since the world began. However, at the time of Apostle Paul, is this still a secret? Let's keep reading what it says. 26, but now, that's the operative word here, right? Now, but now has been made manifest. And by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith to God alone wise be glory through Yahushua Christ forever. Amen. This is why you cannot use Romans 16.25 and make the claim the Bible is a closed book because Apostle Paul says in verse 26, now it has been made manifest and it has been made known to all nations, not just one institution or one church, but to all nations. The Bible has been given to all nations. And so we can scratch out Romans 16, 25 as a valid argument for teaching that the Bible is a closed book. Now, it goes on to say, that's why those who strive to understand scriptures through their own worldly knowledge will never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth, according to 2 Timothy 3, verse 7. And so the point is, if you are not a messenger, even if you are scholarly, even if you will pray, even if you will do your best to study the scriptures, you will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. But let's look at the context. Who are those who will not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth? 2 Timothy 3, 7, always learning, right? And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I used to preach this passage. And sometimes I would even give an example, always learning. And we cite examples of preachers from different religions who publish many books about the Holy Bible, but they do not come to the knowledge of the truth. However, when we look at 2 Tim Timothy 3.7, and Apostle Paul speaking about those who are always learning, but are not able to come to the knowledge of the truth, who was he referring to as always learning, but unable to come to the knowledge of the truth? We have to read the context. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, 5 to 7, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. I'm going to pause it for a while. Apostle Paul speaking about false prophets, false preachers here. And one of the ways you identify a false prophet is that they have the form of godliness. They have the external manifestation of godliness, but they deny its power. And from such people turn away. Look at verse 6. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So when Apostle Paul mentioned that there are those who are always learning but are never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, who was he referring to? He was referring to gullible women who believe everything 
that they hear even strange doctrines. And so Apostle Paul was not talking about people who were sincere in their desire to learn the scriptures, but those who were gullible, those who were loaded with sins, led away by various lusts. This is why if we truly want to learn scripture, if we truly want to have a knowledge of the truth, we must not be gullible. What does that mean? Not to be gullible. Thessalonians, test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And so a person who will never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth is a person who's gullible. One who never tests what they receive. They never test what they hear from a preacher. And so if we are accustomed to not testing and accepting everything we are being taught and being told, then we will end up not coming to the knowledge of the truth. This is why we have the responsibility to test all things. What does it mean that we should test all things? Acts 17, 11, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. So how can we come to the knowledge of the truth? When we search scriptures day after day, when we test whatever a preacher is telling us by going to scriptures and see if it is actually the truth. And so what Apostle, when Apostle Paul says they were not able to come to the knowledge of the truth, they were, he was referring to those who don't even bother to search scripture, but they are gullible and accept every doctrine that is being taught them. And so that's basis number two is not, it's incorrect according to their line of thinking. And so let's go to the basis number three, Malachi 2 verse 7. It is the duty of priests to teach the true knowledge of God. People should go to them to learn my will because they are the messengers of Yahuwah Almighty. According to Malachi 2.7, who are the messengers of Yahuwah Almighty? Who are they? The priests. This is why if we want to know the will of Yahuwah Abba, we should go to the, the priests. Why? Because the priests are the ones who will teach the true knowledge of God. The priests. There are true messengers of God. Wait a minute. Do you know who the priests are today? Who can teach the true knowledge of God? Let's read the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 to 10. But you are the chosen race, the king's priests, the holy nation, God's own people chosen to proclaim the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. At one time, you were not God's people, but now you are his people. At one time, you did not know God's mercy, but now you have received his mercy. So who are considered the priests today? They are the ones who have become the people of God. How so? Because they belong to the king, who is the king referred to here, none other than Yahushua HaMashiach. And so according to Apostle Peter, you, he's referring to the so-called Christians, those who are disciples of Yahushua, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit into the body of Yahushua. 
when we are baptized into Yahusha, we become one with him. When they are one with Yahusha, they become the people of God who obtain mercy. And because of this mercy, and because they have become the people of God, how are they regarded as? The kings, priests. In other words, what is bestowed them is the royal priesthood. Do you know what that means? Think about it. It simply means all of us, all of us are God's what? <laughs> all of us are God's messengers. All of us are the ambassadors of Yahusha Christ. We are the king's priests. If we are the king's priests, do you think we don't have the right to read the Bible? What do you think? If we are the king's priests, can we not use the Bible and teach people? Yes. Because we are the king's priests. Do you know what that means? That means every one of us, those who belong to Yahushua, all of us, you, me, we have the right to preach and teach the word of God as the king's priests. I use the quotes around preach and the quotes around teach because when you think of preaching and teaching, you're thinking of the pulpit, right? But that's something we need to remove in our mind. Because when the Bible speaks about preaching and teaching, it's not simply just the pulpit. It's also inclusive of activities where you teach your children, where you teach one-on-one, -on -one, an individual, someone who may be lost and coming to you for guidance, and you open up the Bible and you tell them about your king. Do you have the right to do that? Do you have the right to open the Bible? Yeah. Do you have the right to teach from the Bible? Yes, you are the king's priests. Don't let anyone tell you you don't have to write the right to open the Bible when you are the king's priests. You have the right to proclaim, to teach the word of God. As a matter of fact, if you still look at this, God's own people chose it. We were chosen to proclaim, to proclaim the works, the words of Yahuwah Abba. So we have that right. All of us have that right. But of course, not everyone has the ability to teach right away, right? This is why look at what Apostle Paul says here in Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. Also, Paul knows every single one who belongs to Yahusha, he should be a teacher. Perhaps not in the public setting from a pulpit, but in a personal setting one-on-one, -on -one, yes. You should be teachers. You need, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's words all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with a teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So according to the Apostle Paul, those who belong to Yahushua, we ought to grow to become mature. Who are those who were mature? Those who have trained themselves to know the difference between good and evil. What does that mean? We need to study and train ourselves in the word of Yahuwah, in the word of Yahusha. Why? So that we can be teachers. In other words, for one to become te a teacher, one needs to become mature in the word of God. 
One needs to be trained in the word of God. This is why we have Bible studies. We have teachers from the pulpit who teach us to understand the scriptures. But it doesn't mean that you don't have the right to open the Bible. You do. You just need to grow and learn and become mature. And so how do we do that? Hebrews 6, 1 to 3. So let us, let, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So God willing, we will move further forward to further understanding. So how can we grow to become mature, to become teachers of the word of God? when we will move forward to further understanding of the teachings of Yahuwah and Yahushua. This is for all believers, all of us. We must strive to keep learning the teachings of Yahuwah so that we can be effective teachers. Of course, not everyone can teach in a public setting, right? Because to teach in a public setting, there are certain qualifications that must be met. What are these qualifications? First of all, according to other books in the Holy Bible, you must only have one wife. You must not be quarrelsome. You must not be a lover of money. You must be able to teach well. So you have to go through some training. Um, you must uh, be able to manage your household well. Remember that passage? So not everyone is qualified to teach because maybe it's not their gift. And so Apostle Paul says in Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. So there, all of us have different gifts. Some have the gift for singing. Some have the gift for leadership. Some have the gift for teaching. Some have the gift for giving. We all have different gifts. Where does, where does this gift come from? It comes from Yahuwah through his spirit. What's the purpose of this gift? To build up the body of Yahushua. And so if we are gifted, for example, in preaching and teaching, what should we do? We should nurture and train ourselves. This is why we have the school for ministry. If you feel you are gifted in teaching the word of God, why not join the ministry, right? And so it's up to Yahuwah to give us these gifts. How will we know if we have this gift? We will know. Everyone has the right to sing hymns, but not everyone is trained to lead the hymn singing, right? You see the difference? We all have the right to praise God with hymns, but not everyone is equipped and gifted to be a choir leader, to teach people, to, to lead in hymn singing. It's the same thing when it comes to teaching the word of God. We all have the right to teach and to proclaim the word of God, but not everyone is gifted. This is why in Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, the Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each person for the good of all. The Spirit gives one person a message full of wisdom, while to another person, the same Spirit gives a message full of knowledge. One and the same Spirit gives faith to one person, while to another person, he gives the power to heal. The Spirit gives one person the power to work miracles, to another the gift of speaking God's message, and yet to another, the ability to tell the difference between 
gifts have come from the spirit and those that do not. To one person, he gives the ability to speak in strange tongues and to another, he gives the ability to explain what is said, but it is one and the same spirit who does all this as he wishes, he gives a different gift to each person. And so depending on the gifting of a person, one may be appointed to become an elder. You know what an elder means? In Greek, it's called presbyter, presbyteros. Sometimes Yahuwah appoints presbyters or elders depending on their gifting. And so they're appointed to teach and to lead and to counsel. They are leaders. Apostle Peter was considered an elder. And there were other elders or leaders as well. And they are leaders according to the gifting of the Holy Spirit. However, it doesn't mean that the others don't have the right to open the Bible. We all have that right because we are the king's priests. Those who belong to Yahusha have the right to preach and teach the word of God as the king's priests. But not everyone has the gift to speak God's message. Now, for those who do have the gift to speak God's message and they speak um, publicly, they speak from the pulpit like what we're doing now, right? Whenever someone is gifted with that capacity, what is the teaching of Apostle Paul? Corinthians 4, uh, this is what I mean, my friends. When you meet for worship, one person has a hymn, another a teaching, another a revelation from God, another a message in strange tongues, and still another the explanation of what is said. Everything must be of help to the church. Two or three are given God, are given God's message, should speak. While the others are to judge what they say. But if someone sitting in the meeting receives a message from God, the one who is speaking should stop. All of you may proclaim God's message one by one so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. What is the responsibility of people who are receiving from the pulpit the teaching of God's message? Bible says two or three are given God's message, right? But what is our responsibility? It's our responsibility to judge what they say. In other words, there's a possibility that those who are preaching from the pulpit are speaking what is not true. And so we have to weigh it out. We have to object and we need to object. We need to judge what they say because Anyone can come along and say, you know what, listen to me, I have a message, but we have to test it. This is what Apostle Paul wants. He doesn't want that those who are preaching will think that they cannot be questioned. No, Apostle Paul says, question each other to make sure you are on the right path. However, having said that, Apostle Paul also says, but if someone sitting in the meeting receives a message from God, can you imagine that? This is why the belief that for you to teach something, you have to, it has to come from a so-called administrator or a second minister is not true. It comes from Yahuwah. Yahuwah can equip anyone he wants. There may be those sitting in their living rooms right now listening to this message who may have a message from Yahuwah. Let us know about it. Let us know. This is not my ministry. This is not my assembly. No, this is the assembly of Yahushua. And if Yahusha gives you a message, let us know about it. And we will test it. We will look if it's true. And so according to Apostle Paul, this is how we are to worship together. All of you may proclaim God's 
message. Not just one person. All of you must test each other when they preach the word of God. And so when we have this understanding that we all have the right to preach and proclaim the word of God, what is the warning of Apostle Paul? Take a look at this. Corinthians 36. Did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? I want to pause there for a while because there are people who are making claims that they're the only ones who can teach the word of God, right? There are those who make the claim that only one person can teach you what the proper understanding of scripture is. And so Apostle Paul asks, wait a minute, did the word of God originate with you? Do you get it? Because there can be this temptation when Apostle Paul says, all of you can proclaim the word of God. There may be those who might stand up and say, you know, listen to me and only to me. Don't listen to anyone else because I have special revelation from God. Wait a minute. Did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? Because there are those who preach exclusivity. This is the only group that has the word of God. Outside this group, you cannot teach the word of God. Only this group. Apostle Paul says, wait a minute. Did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? This is why when it comes to the principles of the English and Christo, I don't believe Brother Felix Manaro is the only one who can teach from the Holy Bible, right? According to Apostle Paul, we shouldn't believe that. The Galatian Christians is not the only church who has been given a message. Yeah, it's true. They have a message. They can preach the words of God, but it doesn't mean they're the only ones. Because if you make that claim, Apostle Paul says, well, wait a minute. Did the word of God originate with you? Are you the one who's going to tell, okay, this is the proper understanding of that. This is what you need to teach. Or are you the only people it has reached? You know why Apostle Paul made this very clear? Because if there are those who are preaching to the world, listen only to me. Outside of me, you cannot understand scripture. Do you know what that means? Well, if, if when, when one person or a group of people cannot be questioned anymore, you can fill in the blanks, right? It can be very dangerous. Because if you cannot be questioned, then you can teach whatever you want about scripture. And because you cannot be questioned, you're absolute in your understanding. That's a dangerous thing. That's only given to Yahushua. He's the only one who's absolute. This is why Apostle Paul says in Corinthians 14, 29, two or three who are given God's message to speak, while the others are to judge what they say. It is our responsibility to judge and to test. And further, Apostle Paul says, or could it be that the word of God came from you? Or are you the only ones to whom it came? If anyone supposes he is God's messenger or has a spiritual gift, he must realize that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if he does not pay attention to this, pay no attention to him. So then, my friends, set your heart on proclaiming God's message. But do not forbid the speaking in strange tongues. Everything must be done in a proper and orderly way. So Apostle Paul says, if there are those who consider themselves a messenger who has a special message, a spiritual gift, he says to pay attention to the command that Apostle Paul preached. In other words, they have to allow themselves to be tested by the commands, by the scriptures, 
because at this time, the people of God had a set of scriptures that has to be used to determine whether or not they're preaching according to the command. That way, there's no one person who will claim, I'm this and this, listen only to me. They have to be tested. And so when we preach the word of God, we have to do it in the proper and orderly way. In other words, we need to make sure it's tested and it's according to the will of God. So those who belong to Yahusha have the right to preach and teach the word of God as the king's priest, but we should all judge what is being preached. Okay, so question number one, that's why INC uses Romans 10 verse 15. It's because outside of being a messenger, no one can properly understand the teachings of scripture, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. Let's go to number two. Is Romans 10, 15 teaching about who has the right to preach the word of God? Well, let's go ahead and look at the, under, the way Iglesia de Cristo understand Romans 10, 15. For that, we'll go to, uh, that's in the Bible. This is a program of the Church of Christ, Iglesia de Cristo, from the incmedia.org. You can go to incmedia.org. By the way, incmedia.org is a, it's really a very nice website because they have a lot of good videos there. You can get a lot from those videos, a lot of good wholesome teachings, but we have to test everything, okay? For example, this one here, entitled, Who Can Preach the Gospel? We're gonna test it. Is that okay if we test it? Because we wanna know what, what are they concluding after they read Romans chapter 10, Verse 15. So this is Brother Bob from his program, That's in the Bible, an official program of the Iglesia in Cristo from incmedia.org. This is what he's, he reads, Romans 10, uh, 14 and 15. How then, shall, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are? Sense. So that's Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 15. And so when he explained it, he went back to the logical connections, how one uh, sentence, how one phrase led to another and kind of looked at the domino effect of the statements. And so he goes on by saying, one cannot properly call to God if he doesn't believe in God's biblical instructions. So far, so good? Okay, he goes on to say, one cannot believe in those biblical instructions if he has never been taught those commands. Makes sense, right? And so he goes on to say, one would not correctly be taught God's commands if he never encounters or hears a genuine preacher from God. Okay, we can make that work, although that's not exactly what it says. But here's the next thing. After this statement, what should be the conclusion? Read that statement. One would not correctly be taught God's commands if he never encounters or hears a genuine preacher from God. Right? And so what should be the next, what should be the conclusion after the series of statements that he presented according to Romans 10, 14, and 15? The conclusion should be these genuine preachers should go out there and preach the word of God, right? That's the thought, that's the conclusion of Romans chapter 10, 14, and 15. These preachers who should be teaching the word of God so that people can believe and call upon God properly, they need to be out there preaching the word of God, right? But look at what he concludes. Therefore, a genuine preacher has an authority from God to, wait a minute, that's a given. 
that was already a given in Romans 10, 14. Therefore, that's not the conclusion. The conclusion is not a genuine preacher has authority from God to preach. That's not the topic. The topic is those who have the genuine uh, right to preach the word of God, they should go out and preach the word of God. But look at what he adds to that conclusion. He goes on to say, it is not just their own proclamation. I am a preacher. Why? Because God is the one who sends him. That's what we just read. And if one is not sent by God, he will not be able to correctly preach God's words. That's what the Bible says. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And so for Brother Bob and the Iglesia de Cristo, when they read the conclusion, Romans 10 verse 15, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. After reading Romans 10, 15, what is the conclusion? The conclusion is this. How can they preach unless they are sent? Or how can they preach unless they are given the right to preach? And so for them, the explanation of the word they are sent means they are given the right to preach. So how can they preach unless they are given the right to preach? But when you really look at the flow of the statements in Romans 10, 15, when you look at the context of Romans chapter 10, when you look at the following verse, 16 to 18, is that what it's all about? I suggest that how can they preach unless they are given the right to preach is not the meaning of Romans 10, 15. I believe it is this. How can they preach unless those who have the right to preach are sent out to the people who need to hear the message? Now, think about it. When Apostle Paul says, and how can they call if they don't believe? How can they believe if nobody teaches them? How can they be taught if there's no preacher? And so it kind of makes sense. Those preachers are already a given. Why? Because they belong to Yahusha. They already know the good news to preach. And so what is Apostle Paul saying? You, the people in Roman, in Rome, you already have the good news. Now go out there, right? That's why Apostle Paul says, how can they preach unless they are sent? Meaning they are sent out. Why do we believe this is the most natural? This is the consistent explanation of Romans 10.15. It's not the giving of the right to preach. Romans 10.15 is not about who has the right to preach, but about those who have the right to preach. What do they need to do? Why do we need, why do we believe that? Well, let's look at the Greek word that was used when Apostle Paul says, how can they preach unless they are sent? In Greek, it's called apostelio, the Greek word 649, to be, they, they, unless they be sent. And what does that mean? Well, biblical usage is to order one to go to a place appointed, to send away, to send off, to send out properly on a mission, to send away, to send forth, to set out. In other words, the meaning of unless they are sent is to go to an appointed place or a certain people who need to hear the message. That's what it means. It means they, are, they need to go out. They need to actually do what they need to do. That's what the word apostello mean, means. What further proves this? What's another example of the use of the word apostello? Mark 6, verse 17. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. 
she had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. So here we have Herod, and he had sent soldiers to do what? To arrest and imprison John. When we look at the Greek word for sent, it is the same word, Greek word 649, apostello. And so when it says here, for Herod had sent soldiers, does it, what does that mean? It means the soldiers had to actually go out and bring John to prison. Do you get it? So it's a physical going out to, the, to fulfill the purpose of where they need to go to, in this case, to, to John, so that he can be taken to prison. Now, if I were to tell you, for example, right, if I were to write this statement based on that passage, how can soldiers make an arrest unless they are sent? What does that mean? Am I telling you that the soldiers are given the right to make an arrest because they're sent or they already, the soldiers who already have the right to make an arrest are being sent out. Isn't it the latter, right? So they need to do something. And so according to INC, Romans 10, 15 teaches that only those who were sent by God have the right to preach the word of God. Now take note, it is true that only those sent by God can rightfully preach the word of God. It's true. But who are they? The priests of the king. Who are they? That's us. That's already a given. It's true that only those sent by God can rightfully preach the word of God. But Romans 10, 15 is not teaching about who have the right to preach the word of God. Apostle Paul wrote Romans 10, 15 to tell us, okay, only those who have the right to preach have the, can preach the word of God. No! What is Romans 10.15 about? Instead, he is teaching in Romans 10.15 that those who bear the good news of Yahushua should go out there. Go out there and tell the people about it. And what's the proof that this is the intent of Apostle Paul? We read Romans 10.16 to 18, right? We read Romans 10.15. And so what is the proof Apostle Paul's intent is for those who know the good news to go out there and actually tell people about the good news of Yahushua. Well, in verse 16 to 18, it tells us the objective of Apostle Paul. There's something he wants to happen. This is why he wrote Romans 10, 15. Do you know what he really wants to happen? Well, let's read verse 16, all the way to 18. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. How? But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Why? Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And so when Apostle Paul said, in Romans 10, 15, how can they preach unless they are sent? What is his intent? That those who have the good news will go out there and speak to the Israelites and to the others so that the Israelites can know about the good news. You see, Apostle Paul had a special place in his heart for the Israelites. Do you know why? Well, do you know what Romans chapter 9 and 10 and 11 are all about? 9, 10, and 11, what is it all about? Look at Romans chapter 10, 
brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. So Romans 10 is about the objective of Apostle Paul that not just the Gentiles have already accepted Yahushua, but also the Israelites. He wants the Israelites to be saved, right? For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So what is the objective of Apostle Paul? Why does he want those who know the good news to go out there to speak to an Israelite, to go out there and speak to people about Yahushua? Because he really wants the Israelites to be saved. He even said, my heart's desire. Can you feel the pain of Apostle Paul? Perhaps some of you can relate. You know, you want someone to be saved. Maybe a loved one, family member. Here, Apostle Paul, he really wants the Israelites to be saved. And so he says, my heart's desire and prayer to God is the Israelites should be saved. Why does he want them to be saved? Because they have a zeal for God. They have a sincere desire to be put right with God. But the only thing is, they're missing something. What are they missing? They're missing Yahuwah's way of putting people right with himself. What is that? Apostle Paul says in verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. So that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Wait a minute, what does that mean? Look at verse 4. Christ is the end of the law. What does that mean? When you read it in the English... We might miss a nuance of the Greek because the word end, when Apostle Paul mentions Christ is the end of the law, what does it refer to? In Romans 10.1 and 10.4, the word end, the Greek word for end is telos, telos. What does telos mean? It telos means um, an end. When we refer to an end, it's either the end of something, right, or the goal of something. In this case, termination of the limit at which a thing ceases to be always of the end of some act or state, but not the end of a period of time. And so telos is the word used to refer to the aim, the purpose. If you go look at Strong's definition, it is the definite point to set out for a definite point or goal. So when Apostle Paul says Christ is the end, is the telos of the law, what is he saying? He's saying that the goal, the purpose and aim of the law is who? Yahusha. And this is what he wants the Israelites to get. Because they're working so hard, zealous to be righteous before God. But they cannot figure out that the purpose of the law is to bring people to who? Yahusha. That's what he wants the Israelites to know. That they will believe and call upon Yahushua, who is the telos, the aim, purpose, and goal of the law. So that they can be put right with Yahuwah Abba. And so in verse 14 and 15, it makes sense now. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so for Apostle Paul, 
speaking to those who already belong to Yahushua is kind of appealing to them. Reach out to the Israelites. Yes, you're reaching out to Gentiles, but reach out also to the Israelites by being sent out so that they will know, so that the Israelites will know about Yahushua, who is the telos of the law. So those who are already, who already have the right to preach should be sent out and tell all people about the good news. So that's Romans 10, 15 is not teaching about who has the right to preach the words of God. Romans 10, 15 is possible appealing that those who already have the good news to spread it, to share their faith so that people can know about the telos of the law who is Yahushua. Now let's go to number three. What does Romans 10, 15 actually teach us to do, right? Let's go to Romans 10, verse 15. And how can they preach unless they are sent? Let's look at the word preach. Is this pulpit preaching only? What does that refer to? Let's look at the Greek word. Greek word is karioso, keriso, keriso. The Greek word 2784, to preach, keriso. Greek word 2784, what does that mean? Keriso. It's a verb, keriso. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Probably not, but it's not the point. Keriso. Let's go ahead. What is the meaning of it? To be a herald, to officiate as a herald, one who makes announcements, right? If you look at Strong's definition, to herald as a public, Crier. In other words, one who delivers a good news. And so since the Greek word kerizo, preach, proclaim, means to be a herald, to announce, guess what? It's not limited to proclamation from a pulpit. In other words, what Apostle Paul is telling us when he's saying we should go out there and preach, he's telling us even if it means sharing one-on-one, you don't have to be a preacher from the pulpit, right? Who teaches a lot of students, maybe because it's not your gift, because you don't have the gift of teaching, or maybe you don't have, maybe if you are to teach, maybe someone might question you or something like that. So but the point, point is, when it comes to preaching in Romans 10, 15, it's not limited to the pulpit, but sharing our faith. So Romans 10, 15 is really about us sharing our faith. And the word karyoso uh, is also used in Mark 5, 18 and 20. And I want you to look at this passage. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Yahusha did not permit him, but said to him, go out, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Yahushua had done for him and all marveled. And so here we have a demon-possessed man, right? And there was a, I think it was a legion who possessed him. <laughs> and he was overwhelmed. And he was so pleased because he was set free from those demons. He wanted to follow Yahushua on the boat, <laughs> What did, what did Yahushua say to this to the formerly demon-possessed man? He said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, right? And so what did he do when he went back home? What did he do? In Decapolis, he proclaimed. 
The word proclaim is the same word preach in Romans 10, 15. It is the same word kerios, keriso, to publish, to preach, to proclaim. And so it's not limited to preaching from the pulpit. It can be one-on-one -on -one telling your friends, telling your family members about Yahusha, to be a herald, to be a public crier. This is why Romans 10, 15 is not limited to pulpit preaching. It includes pulpit preaching, but it also includes all of us because we are all the king's priests. And that's why, how does Apostle Paul describe those who bring the good news? Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And it even says, as it is written. You know why Apostle Paul said that? Because he's quoting, he's quoting Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah, what she quoted. He says in Isaiah 52, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And so Apostle Paul was citing Isaiah 52, 7, and he was making an application during the current situation he was in. But when we look at Isaiah 52, 7 and compare that with what the followers of Yahusha were experiencing during the days of Apostle Paul, there's a connection to be made that we need to understand. You see, the feet, the phrase, the feet of those who bring good news, used in Isaiah 52, 7, and quoted in Romans 10, 15, is a general reference to the messengers who would come running after a battle or maybe some big, big event to let the general population know the outcome. For example, uh, the nation went to war and the war is over. There were these heralds, there were these people whose duty was to tell people what happened in the war or some kind of event. More specifically, it, can, it had come to refer to the announcement that Israel's exile in Babylon had ended and the people were to return to Jerusalem. Paul adopted the same saying to apply those who proclaim the end of the bondage of sin thanks to the death and resurrection of Yahusha Christ. And so we are like messengers. What are we to tell the people? We are to tell the people that because of the death and resurrection of Yahusha, we are no longer bond, held in bondage by sin. We are set free. That's the good news. When people tell us, okay, what's the good news of the gospel? Yahusha paid for our sins because of his death and resurrection. And so we can have salvation through Yahusha. That's the good news. Are we telling people about that? Because that's the message. And who brings that message have beautiful feet because they have good news. And this is what we need to do. Why must it be us? Because we are the king's priests. What is that good news? To proclaim the wonderful acts of God. What is included in that wonderful act of God? The resurrection of Yahusha, the giving forth of Yahusha, his death and suffering and the resurrection of Yahusha. That's the wonderful act of God that we must preach. It's called the good news. We are heralds of our king. We are emissaries of our king. We are all ambassadors of our king. And we need to tell people about what our king did. This is what Apostle Paul is telling us. And it's not just Apostle Paul. It originated actually from Yahusha. 
Remember when Yahushua said in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go. What does that mean? To send out. You're going to be sent out to go and bear fruit. What, how can we go and bear fruit? What is Yahu, Who are those being sent by Yahushua? In John 20, 19 and 21, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Yahushua came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, we showed them his hands. He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad. And when they saw the Lord. So Yahushua said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. Yahushua, after his resurrection, he met with the assembly. The disciples were assembled. And the doors were shut because they were afraid of the Jews. And then who appears before them? Yahushua. So that assembly right there, the assembly here, when they saw the risen Yahushua, do you think they believed? Do you think they believed? Yeah. They believed. Right? They believe. How about you? How about us? Did we actually see the risen Christ? But do you believe? That's worth even more to our King Yahusha. When he met with his assembly back then, after he appeared to them, and they believed, you know what Yahusha said to them? He says, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. You know what that means? That means... What Yahushua wants is what Apostle Paul preached in Romans 10, 15. To go out. To go out. Because Yahushua is sending us. Why us? Because we believe in the death and resurrection of Yahushua. We were baptized in his name. We are now the representatives of our king. We represent him. We are his ambassadors. We need to tell people about the death and resurrection of our king, Yahushua. This is why in Acts 1.8 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what we are. We are witnesses to testify of the resurrection and death of Yahushua. Now it makes perfect sense what Romans 10.15 means. Romans 10.15 is an echo. It is a repetition of what Yahushua said to those who believe and were baptized and have faith in the death and resurrection of Yahushua. Romans 10, 15 is our great commission. All of us, not just one person, but all of us, we have this commission. The command is we who belong to and represent Yahushua because we believe in his death and resurrection must go out there. We have to go out there now and tell people and share our faith about our king, Yahushua. That's what we need to do. That's what Romans 10, 15 wants us to do. And even Brother Bob believes that. What's the proof? Let's go back to what he said, <laughs> right? In Romans 10, 15, he quotes Romans 10, 14 and 15. How should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And then he goes on to explain one cannot properly call to God if he doesn't believe in God's biblical instructions. And then he adds, one cannot believe in those biblical instructions 
if he has the ribbon taught those commands. And then he says, one would not correctly be taught God's commands if he never encounters or hears a genuine preacher. And so according to Balaam, a genuine preacher, right? What does he do? What does a genuine preacher do according to Romans 10, 15? And the explanation of Balaam. A genuine preacher must teach the person how to properly call to God according to biblical instructions, right? Isn't that what Brother Bob is saying? According to Romans 10, 15 and his explanation, a genuine preacher teaches the correct biblical instructions so that people can properly call to God. Question is, did he do that? Oh, we're going to do that. We read verse 15 and 14. Well, how do you properly call? How do we do that? Right? We cannot conclude this Bible study without telling you what Apostle Paul wants us to do in Romans 10, 15. He wants us to teach people how to call on God, right? So how do we do that? This is where 9 to 15 comes in. We read verse 15 and 14. Let's read the context. What Apostle Paul wants us to do to be a genuine preacher. Romans 10, 9 to 15. That if you confess with your mouth, Yahushua is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blessed all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe? In the one whom they have not heard. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So those who bring good news. Those who preach. Those who are sent. Those who are called genuine preachers. What do they teach? They teach how a person can properly call on God. How do you do that? First, the Bible says, you need to teach people to confess with their mouth that Yahushua is Lord, this is what we want. We want to testify about Yahushua, to accept him as Lord so they receive baptism in his body because the only way for them to become, for Yahushua to be Lord, because if you're baptized, you're added to the body of Yahushua. Yahushua becomes your Lord. He becomes your head, right? And so we want them to confess with their mouth, Yahushua is Lord. What else must we teach if we are a genuine preacher? That they believe in their heart. God raised Yahushua from the dead. They need to believe that Yahushua suffered, died, and was resurrected. What else must we teach them? We must teach them to call on the name of God. What is the name of God? Yahuwah. Right? The brother Bob teach that. We are teaching that because that's what Apostle Paul said. Romans 10.15 is telling us, go out there and do all this. Including teaching people about the name of God. Because they are the ones whose feet are beautiful. In Romans verse 15, Apostle Paul quotes Isaiah 52, which we read earlier, right? But if you notice what is before verse 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news of the God of Israel reigns. In verse 6, it mentions, but I will reveal my name 
to my people. And they will come to know its power. And at last, they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. And so when Apostle Paul said, go to the Israelites, go to all the people, both Jew and Gentile alike, and tell them how to properly call on God, it begins by teaching them that Yahushua is Lord. Teaching them to believe that he died but was resurrected. And teaching them the name of Yahuwah. Because according to the prophecy, Yahuwah will reveal his name to his people. And even the book of Acts tells us this. Yahuwah, right before the end comes, he will pour his spirit. And people everywhere, everywhere will proclaim the name of Yahuwah. And those who call upon his name will be saved. So Romans 10, 15 is not about who has the right to preach. No. It's about what we need to do. Because we have that gift. We have that right as the king's priests. We have the right to preach. We have to go out there. Either publicly from the pulpit or one-on-one. We need to go out there and tell people about what? Number one, go out there and tell people about Yahushua. That he is Lord, that we need to be baptized into his body. What else? We need to tell people that Yahushua died for our sins, but he was resurrected by Yahuwah. We need to tell people about the name of Yahuwah, because that is the name that was given to Yahushua. It is the name for our salvation. And so this is what we need to do. This is why when Brother Joe said, we are blaspheming against God. When we teach about Yahusha, that's not true. What blasphemy is, is when you tell people, do not do that because you have no right. Right? That's blasphemy against God. Who are you to tell us that we don't have a right to preach the word of God? Are you the originator of the word of God? Did that come from you? No. This is why to say to people, you don't have the right to preach the word of God because of Romans 10, 15, that's the blasphemy. We don't believe in what INC teaches about Romans 10, 15. We have the right to preach the word of God, to share the faith and to worship Yahuwah Abba, who gives us that right, Romans 3, 7 to 8, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These things he says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name, brethren. By whose authority do we preach the word of God? Do we tell people about our king, Yahushua? It is by the authority, Yahushua. Yahushua says to us that he has the key of David. He has the ultimate authority concerning who can approach him. And he's saying to us, he has given us an open door. He who opens and no one can shut and shuts and no one can open is not any messenger here on earth. It's not Brother Felix Manalo. It's not INC. The one who has the key, the one who can shut, no one open, and open, no one can shut. That's Yahushua, no one else. And Yahushua's given us an open door. And so what must we do? By the authority of our King Yahushua, we must do all of this. Until when? In the last passage of our studies today, 
Matthew 28, 18 and 20, Yahusha drew near and said to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Can you imagine if we will stop teaching? Because, oh, we're no longer in the ministry of the Iglesia de Cristo. We're no longer in the ministry of the true church of Christ. Can you imagine? What do you think our king will say? He probably will say, wait a minute, who gave you the right? Is it Brother Felix Manalo who gives the right to preach? Is it the Iglesia de Cristo who gives the right to preach? No. The one who has the key. Who has the right and the privilege the authority? Yahushua says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And what does he want us to do? Make disciples of all nations, of all people. By teaching them everything I have commanded you. So that's what I'm going to do. Brother Joe can tell me, stop. But I'm not going to listen to Brother Joe, am I? I'm going to listen to my king. All of us should listen to our king. Don't listen to anyone else. Listen to your king. Your king, our king Yahushua, he wants us. Make disciples of people. You don't have to preach from the pulpit to do that. We can tell people individually about the death and resurrection of our King Yahushua that may be baptized into his body and become his true disciples. And Yahushua says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. You see, this instruction wasn't just to the apostles because the apostles have long been dead. This is for us. We need to do this. We're being sent to fulfill what Yahushua wants to make disciples of all people. Hopefully, we get this message and carry it out as best as we can. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, almighty and gracious Yahuwah Abba, your words are truly clear. You have given us this great privilege to be in the kingdom headed by your son. And so we know we have this gift the gift of life everlasting, the gift of eternal redemption, because not only have you given up your son to die on the cross, he has risen. He is now sitting at your right hand. This has given us a new way of living. We can go through the curtain and we can fellowship with you. This is what we have now. Teach us to cherish this. Never to take it for granted. Because when we look at our lives, when we look at ourselves, who are we that we can fellowship with you, that we can enjoy your presence? Father, may you help us to spread this good news because we know you want all to be saved. And so while we have the opportunity, we will go out there we will tell people about you. We will tell people about your son, Yahushua. Give us the courage to boldly preach. But all of us at the end, when we will meet you, can say with our best ability, we tried, Father. We did our best. Remember our loved ones. Remember our family. When you are opening eyes, when you are planting a desire in people's hearts, when you see them sincerely wanting to know the truth, 
include the people we love while there is still time. Loving Abba, please send your Holy Spirit upon us all. May we all be embraced by your salvation. Our King Yahushua, what a great honor to be your ambassador, to be your representative. Not all of us may have the gift to teach from the pulpit, but we have we have this gift from you yes. to be your ambassador, yes. to tell people about you, yes. how you suffered, how you died, how you resurrected, how you changed our life. Yes. Loving Mashiach, help us to be good witnesses, yes. to speak of you, that you are Lord, King of Kings. Yes. Loving Mashiach, be with us yes. in this work and in this journey. For without you, we cannot go on anymore. Yes. Please take hold of our hand. Yes. Heal us of our sicknesses and strengthen, yes. strengthen, please, our faith. Amen. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. Yes. Thank you for giving us this commissioning to tell people about your son yes. and about your plan for salvation. Amen. We ask everything loving Abba yes. in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.